All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking ucks? What the fuck is happening? Huh? How? Uh, come on. What's going on? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Uh, today on the show, David Ayelowo. I, I want to get that out right away because I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right throughout the rest of the broadcast. I, uh, I just watched him pronounce it on a bit of video uh, to make sure I knew how to pronounce it. Ayelowo. David Ayelowo. Okay, so he's he's on the show. He's a, I'm going to be talking to him. We had a very lively conversation. He's a he's a talker. He's a he's a he's a great guy, and uh, we're going to be talking about his uh, his new movie Gringo a bit, but uh, mostly about his life and about where he comes from and the roles. And it was it was good. I've been talking to a lot of actors lately. What 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 can I tell you, huh? And you know, I, and because of as you know, because I've done a little acting myself recently it's uh it's always helpful actually to talk to actors it helps me it's my you, you have to indulge me my uh, acting classes here on the air so what is happening people well that oh come on Can't you, I, i've been so good about turning my fucking phone off did you guys hear that okay hold on it's my realtor my realtor is coming over it's happening. Though the garage is not empty yet. I, I'm still like holding, I'm still in denial or something. There's, I've done nothing in here. It hasn't happened yet. But the plan is I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start recording in the new space. Um, maybe next week. I mean, that's sort of the plan. I, I, if I have a realtor coming over and I'm about to do paperwork and sell this house, I guess I got to get out of here. I got to pack it up. Been looking at these books, man. Been looking at these books. I'm just like, every time I look at them, I can see the ones that are going, but I can see the ones that are staying, and I'm very excited to get them organized. I think that's why I'm, I am I moved. It's just an excuse to get organized. And, that, and then the other house is bigger, and I still, I, I've, I've stalled on all levels here in this uh, transition process, but I got to get out. I got to get on with it, folks. I have to get on with it. You know what I mean? Come on. Here, I want to read an email to you because I thought it was um I thought it was sweet. I thought it was sweet. David Oyelowo is gonna be here soon. Oyelowo. I'm getting, I'm nailing it. I think I'm nailing it. Okay, subject line, your guitar playing. Hi Mark. I just wanted to send a quick email to say thanks for the guitar playing you do at the end of most episodes. I have a 17-month-old, and we recently had him evaluated to see if he is delayed in certain ways. It turns out he is delayed in speech, which isn't the biggest deal as long as we address it now, but they were a little worried that he could be possibly delayed in other areas. One of the things we were told to look for was to see if he likes to dance to music. I have been trying everything, kids' music, nursery rhymes, classic rock, jazz, etc., to no avail. Well, we were finished finishing up lunch the other day while listening to your podcast in the background and he started dancing to your guitar playing <laughs> that's so that's very that touches me i replayed you playing several times and he danced to it every single time now my husband and i go back through old episodes and fast forward to the end so baby henry can dance apparently your guitar playing is the only thing that makes him want to move well, that is that is a testament to my expression, and I appreciate that. 
and then she says, I just wanted to say thanks, and I just love your show so much. Thank you for everything. That's from Maureen. Uh, well, thank you, Maureen. I'm happy. I'm glad I helped out with the kid. I'm, gl- I'm glad that my guitar playing has uh, those raw feelings. I'm glad I'm tapping into something so uh, primal and young. It makes me happy. I, I, love, I love that email. I love it. I'm the only thing. My guitar playing is making that kid dance. He gets through. It gets through to that kid. That is so nice. So sweet. Oyelowo. David Oyelowo. I, I, I think, I, am I holding it? Is it staying? Is it right? Is it true? Is it, is, it, am I, is it happening? So folks, I don't know where you're listening. I don't know what you're up to, but uh, I would like to promote my Europe dates if I could. I'm going to go to my website right now and I'm going to look at the, those dates specifically. Uh, I'm going to go to WTFpod.com and I'm going to go to tour and I'm going to push tour and I'm going to see, oh, the Ice House. I'm, I'll be there Sunday, this Sunday again, 7 and 9. I do not know if there are tickets for that. That's here in Pasadena. April 16th, Royal Festival Hall in London. April 19th, China Theatern, Stockholm, Sweden. April 22nd, Folk Etertatret. <laughs> I don't know. Folk, etert- Folk Etertret, Oslo, Norway. April 23rd, Royal Theater, Royal Theater Kare, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And April 26th at Vicker Street in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, the shows at the Ice House were very good last weekend. I riffed out some stuff, worked out some things, despite my insanity and my, uh, my whatever, nervousness or my beating myself up or whatever. We had great shows. And uh, I want to work through some more stuff or tighten up some stuff and a lot of new stuff uh, will be happening. Most of it was new, to be honest with you. Um, I was sort of surprised, but that's happening at the Ice House this Sunday. Oyelowo, huh? Let's just do that now. Can we just get on with it? We can, right? I've chit-chatted enough, haven't I? So David Oyelowo, uh, he's got a new movie, Gringo. Which, oh, oh, God which is in theaters tomorrow, March 9th. Um, and he, he's been in a lot of movies, Selma, notably. But uh, it, was, it was great to talk to him about his life, where he comes from, who he is, and uh, his journey as an actor and a human. And it was, uh, it was fun because he's, he's, he likes to talk. And that's always good for me. It's good when you can engage, you know? And he's, uh, what am I just going to sit here? I don't need to burn any more time. Let's talk to David Oyelowo right now. You live out there in the valley, huh? I do. Uh, I do, yeah, in Tarzana. How long have you lived out there? My wife and four kids. Four Um, kids? Yeah. Four. Yeah. That's it. On purpose, four. <laughs> um, yes, Good. yes. I have uh, I have uh, three boys and a girl. And um, was yeah, the, was the girl the last one? She was. Oh yeah, was she that was. what you were trying for? Did you know you... what? I was happy with three boys, and yeah. we just felt we just knew it was going to be a girl. You did, yeah. Ah. And so we got our Zoe. She's going to be a tough girl. She, you know what? The amazing thing though <laughs> yeah. is that she's she has three brother, brothers, and she's a 
girly girl. Uh-huh. You know, she's not um, overcompensating. Maybe, maybe a lot of pink. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Barbies in the house. But um, but no, she's very very lovely. But yeah, the Valley. We started in Studio City when we first moved here. How long have you been here? And uh, nearly eleven years. Oh really? Eleven years in May. So when Studio City, Sherman Oaks, Tarzana. Uh huh. Yeah, we just that, kept on having children. Oh. I- <laughs> <laughs> finding the bigger space. Yeah, more space. Pretty soon you're just going to be on the edge of the desert. Yeah, You're going to have the, the entire Death Valley. To... Well, I think we're kind of good now. I think oh, good. Four, four is where we're going to... We've done our bit for humanity. And you like it out there? I mean, I, don't, I have no sense of Tarzana. Zero. It's I've, very nice. It is. It is very, very nice. Lots of space. And, and you get away from the craziness. And you're on this side, so this wasn't that bad a drive, right? No, no. Was, you just come over on the highway. You don't have to go over any mountains. Exactly. It was yeah. pleasant. So the last time I saw you, oddly, well, outside of watching that movie last night, was uh, I saw the uh, production of Othello oh, in wow. New York City. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, great. I went and saw you do that. And I have wow. to credit you with it. It was a great job you did Thank uh, you. as Othello. But I, I've had many great Shakespearean actors in here. Well, two. I've okay. had McKellen in here oh, wow. and Patrick Stewart in here. Okay. And McKellen sat there. And uh, I think he's he's a sir, right? Yes. Right. So he sat there and like, because I I have hard time with Shakespeare. Okay. Paying attention. You're not alone. No, I know. I, yeah, but I like, just it's but it's really about because people say what great stories they are, and I'm like right. I can't get past the language. I know. It's but, dense. But my compliment to you is, but Mc, what I was saying is, McKellen did a, a monologue for me right there. Oh wow! And it, it kind of went in. Oh wow! It was very affecting. It, it took a. It took a, it had an effect on me, but oh, right. I I followed Othello because of your production uh, better than I have any Shakespeare. Oh well, like I, that's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, they made it a contemporary setting. Yeah. It was a barracks. Yes. And the space was small. Yeah, and it wasn't precious. You know, our right. our director Sam Gold, I think, did a great thing of making it feel incredibly visceral and pacey and in your face. And you know, it was two hundred people in that. Tinderbox of a yeah. theater, so there was no. It was really escape. a tinderbox. Like you yeah. thought, there were moments where you're like, "I hope there's no fire." <laughs> <laughs> it was literally yeah. dry how, wood. How are we going to get um, out of? Yeah, there's plywood everywhere. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly right. No, I loved doing that that production. Daniel Craig, who played Iago in that production, and yeah. I just we literally made a pact that every night we would try and kill each other. Just really, to see if we could if we could actually just end really on, on the stage without yeah. actually killing each other with without preferably not actually doing it but yeah. to come down near to doing it yeah, um, it, yeah it's it's weird that like i was very involved in it and i enjoyed the acting and the feeling and the excitement and the intensity and the violence of it but i'm not sure i could t- i could tell you what it's about right like t- if you ask me what is the storyline of othello uh, I would be like, I, it's complicated. It is complicated, though. <laughs> it is complicated. But did you feel oh, yeah, the I byproduct of jealousy? Yes, yes. And oh, what, yeah. And, yeah. What, and what that, the, 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 the diseased mind right. or, or the diseasing right. of the mind yeah. that comes with jealousy. And then the people feeding the jealousy. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. got the play, Mark. Oh, yeah. You no, co- no. completely got the play. Sure. I've, I got the sort of universal uh, kind of humanity of it. Right. Y- right. You know, but uh, Are you talking plot now? Yeah, plot. Oh, okay. Who Oof. cares about the plot? <laughs> Did you feel, Mark? Did I we felt, make you feel? I felt. 
That's yeah, all, that's I did. All, that's all we needed. I felt to like do. you were in a, in trouble. I was in tr- I was in deep trouble, <laughs> deathly trouble. Uh, what's that guy's name? Sam Gold. He directed it. Sam Gold. Yeah. It, what's he's directed other things too, yeah, right? I feel like I know him. Fun Home. He did uh-huh. as well. He just did uh, Hamlet with uh, oh, right. um, uh, Oscar Isaac. Right. And uh, yeah, he's, Oscar he's Isaac. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. worked with that guy in a movie. Yeah, most violent. I, I didn't know what that movie was about either. You didn't. didn't? Not but really. Did it make you feel, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> it did it did there you and, go and, and i'm Job no dummy done. i'm no dummy you know but the movie had sort of a pace to it yeah where you know i'm sort of like what what is am i missing something right it had that kind of like intensity it was but, a slow it was a slow burn yeah i guess movie. that's a nice way of putting yeah, yeah, it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 I, everyone looked good and it, the, <laughs> thank you yeah. well yeah well, jessica chastain knows how to wear a coat yeah and, and oh. fake nails yeah yeah she's an amazing actress i think yeah i just saw her in uh in that movie the uh molly's game yeah right she yeah. is really good she's fantastic that's a big part that molly's game oh yeah and that's and to do his sort of patter is no it's tricky to make Sorkin sound normal. She has range for days. I you mean, too. You did. I watched Gringo last night. You're oh. kind of a uh, the uh, the guy who gets beat up. I, You're I, the sad I, sack. I have a lot of bruises <laughs> uh, given to me in that film. Yes, is yeah. like that guy Egerton? He's good too. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. It's a great cast. It I mean, really Charlize is. Theron and right. Joel Edgerton, Amanda Seyfried, Tandy Newton, Shalter Copley, Harry Treadaway. I mean, you know, it's uh, we had a great time. It's one of those movies though that's driven by. Uh, 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 after a certain point, annoying coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, but that's the thing about when we went when we went to do the film. Yeah, we thought, how do you make these absurd situations feel? plausible yeah and you have to kind of play them for real there's Straight, no getting yeah. No, yeah there's no getting away from the fact that it's a caper and this guy's thrown into the most unbelievable right. circumstance but you and i both know mark that life is stranger than fiction it well yes certainly it is and if that was real life there'd be real problems but yeah. I, I imagine uh, on, but on some level yes yeah there are coincidences in life but not as consistently as <laughs> you know where there are lots of coincidences where shakespeare yeah, he really? Did, he did all right. Yeah, yeah, because every, there was so much words between them. Yeah. <laughs> very lengthy things. That you don't even remember that it's a coincidence because you're sort of like, oh my God. Oh, that's. I'm so glad you sat through, Othello. I'm now realizing it was kind of a miracle that you were still there after three and a half hours. Well, I'm not like, I'm not a lowbrow guy. I just like, I, it's like I, I have a. I accuse you of that, Mark. Well, I feel like, but I, I'm hard on myself. Re- really? Yeah. I'm hard on myself about Shakespeare. Okay. Because like, I, I seem to have committed to this um this attitude about it whereas but opposed to if suffer- i really sat down and said okay i'm going to i'm going to really take it in i'm going to take a, i'm going to take a course i don't know Mark. i think you suffer from low self esteem when it comes to shakespeare that's what i'm feeling that's it. well that yeah well thank god i think i'm fixed now you know either for years <laughs> I was wondering what my fundamental core issue was. <laughs> and the answer was... You got it right it away. Is. I want to thank you for helping me out. And well, uh, I guess we're okay. done. Okay. It was so nice seeing you. See you at, the, at my Hamlet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where I'll feel much better about Shakespeare. But, um, but this movie, we might just start with that because it's the newest movie. But this was sort of a comedic uh, 
a little lighter. It, it, weird because it's not light, but it's like the, it is a comedy, kind of, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's an action comedy. It doesn't <laughs> one take of those. itself. And it that... doesn't take itself seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I was really looking to do uh, something other than you know. You don't want to carry the weight of the of the uh, of the history of black culture of, of, on your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I did. I didn't want the the weight of black life on my shoulders again. Um, so I decided to play a Nigerian immigrant who believes in the American dream. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that dummy. And and gets so beaten up. <laughs> gets so beaten up for it. Uh, so so yes. And that that part was did he have you in mind or you don't know or were you just no, cast in that? No, it it wasn't race specific. When, uh-huh. when in fact the the actors they were thinking of were were very much sort of white comedic actors. And, oh really? And, uh, yeah, like the regular guys. The regular guys. You, <laughs> you you could reel them off, and I'll nod if you get them right. Uh, Steve Carell. No, he's too high. He's too big. <laughs> he's too big. big. What are you saying, Mark? <laughs> What are you saying? That it could only be a smaller uh, a white comedic actor who I stole the part from? Not, not smaller. I can get parts from Steve Carell. I, I believe you. You watch me. I'm going to text you. <laughs> I'm literally now going to find out every job Steve Carell is up for. It just seems like he's like uh, he's not going to do... You're digging this ditch? I know. Well, I know you're yeah. digging it, this but ditch. But I don't, I don't think we should load it up. I just I couldn't remember I any... I think Will Ferrell's pretty hot. Yeah. He yeah. was up for it? I think, you know, I think he was one of the people who they had in mind. Okay. You know, yeah. a Seth Rogen type, a okay. Jason Bateman type. Oh, all right, put, all right. I put, I put them in the Steve Carell echelons. Um, yeah, I, I would too. I, I think that Steve, Car- uh, now we're going to have a conversation about this because yeah. I'm, I'm still not willing to... to, to You're trying to dig yourself yeah, out, I'm, I'm gonna, and I admire that. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to backpedal a little bit. <laughs> But it would have been interesting to see them uh, portray a Nigerian immigrant, which I would have liked to have seen. Now that I would like to see. See, like, because that's real, that's real risque comedy to have a Steve Carell play a Nigerian immigrant. Well, you know what I would really like to see? What? The backlash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Off of that. For him to play the one white Nigerian immigrant in all cinema history. Can you imagine? Can you Im- I think Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder was the last one to just get under the wire before before uh before the the, the <laughs> doors came slamming shut i wonder uh, but that he took flack for that he took flack but it didn't the movie didn't tank and it's a great movie and he's I great think it's in a it. very smart movie yeah and he's really funny in it yeah. but i don't think that you could make that movie now i know I, I think i think they would get butchered what do you think happened exactly uh, well, I think outside of Trump, I mean, it's before Trump. Oh yeah, it was before Trump. I think you know when it comes to representation in in the movie yeah. and TV industry generally, I think it just came to the point whereby people now have enough of a voice where they yeah. can say, you know what, it's not okay to whitewash every story everything and and yeah. then to sort of white savior every movie where you could have had the opportunity <laughs> to have someone who drives the narrative and sure. is the hero of the piece and then yet again it's going to be name an actor uh-huh. uh huh. i want you to dig another hole uh ryan gosling exactly yeah you know, we we don't, we no one needs that. No enough needs that. enough Ryan Gosling. Enough of that. Saving the day. I could take for his all roles. humanity. Oh, do you sure. think? Do you think I couldn't take Ryan Gosling's role? I'm sure you could. Okay, now I'm you're sure. Talking. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I think I've won you over, Mark. No, no, I I'm 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 
I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you know, I, I want so to, I, and I think that a lot of it has to do with not just voice, but outlets too. You know, like yes. that, that everything has become the movie, the media industry itself has become diversified just by nature of outlets. Yes. So like, why not more parts for everybody? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's more. No, it's absolutely true. There's more room to play. And actually those big you know. movies that everybody was complaining about, it's like, on some level, it's like, who gives a fuck about right. the big movies anyways? Right. I mean, I only see them if they come as screeners, usually. If it's like a huge movie. Oh, you Philistine. I know. I'm the worst. Really? No, I said- Did like, you see Dunkirk in a theater? I didn't. Oh, Mark. But I would have. If what? I was busy. You know, there was a lot <laughs> if you of, weren't busy. Yeah. I, you're right. I, I am a bit- I, I've gotten lazy. Yeah. I've gotten lazy. Yeah. I watched yours, uh, the one last night on uh, some very small. I saw Selma in the theater. Okay. Yeah. What was the last one? Well, I saw that Sofia Coppola movie in a theater. The, okay. the last the one, The Be Beguiled, I saw in the yeah. theater. I saw. Um, did you like it? I did like it. I did, but I did watch the original too. And I, I'm not sure why she made certain choices. I mean, the. The original was pretty horrifying okay. and menacing, okay. but I thought hers was very beautiful and focused, and uh, I liked it. Okay. Um, I, 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 I have seen other ones in the theater. Okay. <laughs> when was the last movie you saw in the theater? Um, I, went to see, I went to see Den of Thieves in the theater. What is that? A, a, a three days ago. A Gerard Butler action, action movie. Uh-huh. How was it? Um, you like action movies? Um, I do like action movies. Yeah. Um, and I, I, th I thought it was okay. My friend Mo McRae is in it. Um, and he's fantastic yeah. in it. And uh, yeah, and STX, who distributed or who's distributing our film Gringo, distributed it. So well, I, who directed you know. Gringo? He was like a stunt guy, right? Yeah, Nash Edgerton um, directed it. And yeah, he, he, he was a stunt guy for years and then did these shorts, amazing yeah. shorts, one called spider, yeah. which is on YouTube. Anyone can go and watch it. And another one called bear. Um, and then he also did a feature film called the square, which is really, really fantastic. Yeah. And, um, he has great, great taste. And he's one of those guys who he's good with action, but he's not looking to just jam it in any, and every movie he does. It's sort of got to move the story along. And yeah, he's a great director. Yeah, there were some moments in that movie, Gringo, where you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Then, yeah, something yeah. exciting happens. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I don't want to spoil anything. But, I uh, know, there's a lot. It's a hard movie to talk about without spoiling it. Cause well, there's, there's all these you know, big things that happen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, not great. There's a lot of bad people in it. A yeah. lot of bad people who pay. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a mark of, of Nash Edgerton's work. Any of his work you see, he, he, he is very good with hubris. Yeah. You know, you reap what you sow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, people really reap what they sow um, in this one. So, all right. So let's go back now to Shakespeare and to the uh, humble beginnings of you as yes. a human. Okay. I can't believe you've been in, in Hollywood for 10 years. I have now. Yeah. Uh, May of 07. We moved From Britain you moved? Yep. 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 My and you're happy moved. about it? I love it here. I, re I know. I really. People are so surprised when you say you like living in LA. I really, really love. No, living some people in LA. love it. That, people love Southern California. Why yeah. do you think it costs so much to live here? I, I, I'm very clear that people love it. It's show business that people are kind of like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, well, I, I live out 
Away, away from Tarzana. The, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Away from all the craziness. Off and, the uh, grid in Tarzana. It literally is, might as well be Beirut, <laughs> let's face it. Um, and uh, yeah, and you know, my kids are doing very well here. And yeah. the weather, of course, goes without saying, is lovely. I love it. Where's your family? Are they in England? Uh, my dad now lives with us. Uh, oh, he's here, here too? He, he's, he's here too. My brother lives in Australia. I have Australia. One, one brother who still lives in London, but we're all over There's the three place. of you? Yeah. Three brothers. Yeah, three brothers. Where in Australia? Uh, he's on the Gold Coast. Uh, the other side. Yeah. yeah the yeah, far yeah. side. Yeah, the far side. Do you visit? I haven't been. I haven't been. It's a uh, long way away, Mark. I know. It, you know. I think it's another year there. <laughs> it certainly feels like that when I Trump hasn't him. won the election yet in he Australia on the oh, Gold Coast. What it's lucky. Nice. Yeah, you can go back. Yeah. So nice. But yeah, how long has he lived there? He's been there about eight years. Oh my God, and you haven't visited? Oh, don't be like that. He, he's come. He's come to see me. You're right. It's bad. It's a bad. Situation. It is a long trip. It's sort of like what? What's there to pull you other than just family? It's like what else am I going to do once I spent the thirty hours on a plane? Family should be enough. You know, I uh, his daughter's there. My oh, niece. Yeah. You're right. I, I should go. Yeah. You know what? You're building my case now. I'm. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. You're I'm going now. You want to get your phone out? And make a reservation. Can I? Uh, yeah. Is but we, you can wait. You can wait till okay. after. I'll wait till after. But so. But you didn't. You did. You grew up entirely in England. No, I was born in Oxford, England. Oxford. Uh, then, then we moved to London when I was very young, and then we moved to Nigeria when I was six, and I uh, lived there till I was thirteen. But so, your folks were from Nigeria. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So why they move? Why they go back? My, you know, it's uh, Nigerians are very aspirational, and I think a, 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 a British education is something my dad really aspired to, and so he oh, went and moved. Got it. Yeah, yeah, he went, he went and got it. But also, my dad's from a royal family in Nigeria, and my mom's a commoner, and so they kind of had to elope to get married, and they did that in the UK instead of in in Nigeria. So wait, the Nigerian royalty had rules against the commoner situation well my my mom is also she she was she's passed away now but she was Igbo and my dad is Yoruba these are two different these are two different tribes yeah and both Nigerian both Nigerian Uh and there was a real schism between the Yoruba and the Igbo tribe anyone who knows about the Biafran war you know will know that I feel like I should know well, there's a lot I'm learning that you should know that you don't mark but that's okay. but you're just learning it I, it's my history. I should know it. I know, but when did you learn it? I learned it because it's, it, you know. My, but recently? My talk, recently? Or? No! What, about the Biafran War and my parents? <laughs> I've known them a while. Okay, good, but, good. I'm um, just checking. I'm just okay, checking. Yeah, you're, I was trying you're, to. You're right. You're right. My dad, there are things that I'm, I'm only just finding out. So you're are right. You, is that true? Yeah, he's very kind of laid back, you know, he, he in terms of our history because we grew up in the UK and now we're here in 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 America. You know, I, I'll ask things about my uncle. Yeah, and, you know, he, for, for instance, I'll say, oh, how many how many siblings did you have, have daddy? I think I, was it eight or seven? Maybe ah no nine no. <laughs> I cannot remember. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I can't tell if his memory is going or it's He's hiding that, something. I don't know. Maybe there was some shenanigans. The, well, that's know. weird when they get older because yeah. like, if there are secrets, yeah. they forget to keep them. Right. You, you know, like, <laughs> oh no, maybe I shouldn't ask. I don't know if I want It's the weird, answers. dude. Yeah. Like, they get old and something will come out and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. You, yeah. With who? I literally had one of those the other day. I was like, so is it seven or eight? Right. 
Um, so anyway, well, yeah. how, why doesn't he know? Was there was there a couple of different um, mothers? Now, now you're making me feel like I've got to ask questions. No, I don't think there were. But you know what? My my grandfather was the king of this region, and traditionally, Yoruba region uh, it, within the yes yeah. within Yoruba lands, yeah. a place called Awe, and um, traditionally he was allowed to have several wives. Sure, but he was the first in his line to become a Christian, and so he uh. he. Don't say it like that, Mark. It was, I, I'm, I'm glad that I have just the one. I, I'm, why do you? Why are you projecting? Uh, if, but what I'm saying here is that maybe you should talk to him a little more. Are you, oh, you think? I don't, I don't know. Think, I'm saying like you know, Christian's good, but doesn't always do the trick. Oh, really? <laughs> your your uh was quite loaded. Like, that that's why I that's why I called. Well, I'm just like you know the old ways, the new ways, and then the secrets, and then yeah. you know seven nine. You, you think he was Christian-ish? Well, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, what do I know? I don't. You know, I don't want to judge. What do I know? I'm just saying that it, I'm basing this all on the seven, nine, the nine. You know. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong, and you're also ruining my childhood. But this is things you should know. I'm here to help right. you. I you're mean, right. we've we've already helped me a little bit. We've made, helped each I've other. I've been a humbled lot, a couple of times <laughs> within this short uh, short conversation. I've made a couple of mistakes. Well, you led with Shakespeare. What did you expect? Right, that's true. You went big. So, all right. So he's living with you, and you and he went. Okay, so he moved from Nigeria to to get the education in, in yes. Britain, and he met your mother there. Yes. No, they met. She, my mom was my my uncle's secretary. Oh, so your father's my, brother. My my father's brother's secretary. Oh, okay. So he went to visit his brother mm -hmm. and there was this wonderful lady behind the desk and, and that was that and that was that and that was history so yeah. but the 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 royalty of the yoruba clan or tribe was yeah. upset they weren't over the moon about him marrying an Igbo lady these are elders yeah yeah the community elders kinda. and it's just it's just people you know it's that thing when, when people are feuding families yeah. of, they don't even remember why right anymore. right you and know, it's, it's also it, modern times uh, why are you still holding to this? Well, yeah, I mean, this was the 60s, 70s, oh, true, yeah. you know, so, and uh, it's just that crazy thing we do. Irish, Catholic, Yoruba, Everybody. Igbo, I guess black, that's true. white, human, you know, I think the point we're trying to make. It's, yeah, it's human. It's just that, you know, yeah, well, ethnicity, nationality, yeah. these things seem to run deeper than you ever imagined. It's true, but the best part of us is cutting through that, I find. You know, so my 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 parents getting married was a, a beautiful unifying thing for two groups of people who, you know, would otherwise probably not associate in that way. Well, I, I imagine it would have been different had uh, Christianity not been a part of it. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, my, my dad grew up a Christian and I, I guess compassion and looking beyond tribal traditions became something that, you know, he, he was more open to. So yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. So yeah. what did you keep in, uh, in, what did he keep within the family of, of these tribal traditions? Well, my dad has tribal marks on his face. Uh, so he has four slashes on his face and he has the word ballet written on his stomach. And, and that, a tattoo in, or a no, scar? No, in, in just cuts, uh -huh. little, little blade cuts uh -huh. on his stomach. And the reason you have that <clears throat> traditionally is so that if you were to die in war, they know to give you a royal burial. So, you know, that's one of the things he has, but that thankfully stopped with him. I think if I had... He was the last guy? He was the last in, in, in my line. I yeah. think 
you know, eight yeah. slashes on my face would have nah. curtailed the acting a little well, bit. Well, it would have limited your roles. I you, think you, so. You wouldn't be so confident about doing Ryan Gosling's part. No, no, I wouldn't be so front-footed about going after his roles. You're right. You are right. I will give you that. Front-footed. That sounds like a Shakespearean word. <laughs> I just threw it in there. <laughs> I'm just showing off. <laughs> front-footed. I like it. See, like I, if if you just choose those old words, like you know, like uh, carefully, they have a lot more punch when there's as opposed to strung together with nine other uh, adjectives and. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing with Shakespeare. He, he, you know, he, he the, his vocabulary is five times the vocabulary we use now. And I know he, he invented a lot of words. That's that, both of those sentences just made me tired. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm how did you get through Othello? I'm, fly, I'm, fly I'm phoning Daniel Craig afterwards and saying we did a miraculous you did thing do a miraculous when thing. Mark came. And Rachel Weiss, Weiss, Weiss Rachel was Weiss, yes. his wife yes. was there that night, ah. as was Frances McDormand. Do you oh, remember this yes. night? Yes, I do remember this I was night. there that night sitting behind Frances McDormand going like, that's the back of Frances McDormand's head. Wow. Yeah. Is that what broke it up for you, the fact that you were staring at Frances McDormand's A little head. bit. I think that might have kept me awake. And whatever Cohen she's oh. married. Okay. Too, she was with oh is it ethan or joel uh i'm the not tall sure. one i'm not sure <laughs> the, the tall the, the tall cohen right uh but i just met her at the thing were you at the thing the other night what the, was that? Uh, what was the sag thing? awards i wasn't at the sag awards mm. i was at the pga awards the night before oh good but not the sag awards yeah i met her there and now yeah. we kind of know each other oh well that's good it's nice when those people when you find out they know who you are for me, it's exciting. Did you tell her that you stared at the back of her head? No, I tried. I didn't, I didn't think that was a good opener. I didn't think she'd knew, know me, and I introduced my. I was about to introduce myself. She's like, "I know you. You're great on the show. You're on." Oh wow! Yeah, so that, that was, was nice. nice. But I mean, everyone knows you. You were, you know, Martin Luther King. Well, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, she that's... was very nice when she came to see the play. That really took me aback. Oh yeah, I she bet she was quite a. It's like winning an award, isn't it? When it, she it says is something, winning an award. That's said, the award you want to win, right? That's what, when I was at the SAG yeah. Awards and she said, "I loved your work on Glow." I'm like, I guess I did win tonight. Uh, oh yeah, big time. God, big time. Were you up for an award? Yeah. Oh wow! I was up for uh, best um, actor in a comedy, male actor in a comedy TV. Was that for Glow? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Bill Macy won. He, no, he had it coming. He's right. Yeah. He's right. He's been working a long time. He has. You know. He's... But you are very, very good in that in that show. But <sighs> I mean, you. you're you're quite the irreverent Yeah. I mean you're a bit mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's a, you, it's... No filter. No, it's yeah. It's a, there are moments there where it's sort of like, oof, like you know, you, where you shoot the scene and you got to run up to the girl afterwards and be like, okay, you okay, everybody? Oh, really? okay? oh good. So, That's so, kind of glad to hear because I, I, I'm going to throw it in again. You're very front-footed with that performance when well, you're going after those girls. Sure. Well, I think it required that. Yeah. It required it required the front-footedness. Yes. And uh, and it also required me not finishing scenes going like that felt good. You know, like I, <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> Like it was not. I didn't want to like necessarily stay in character off stage. Right. Yes, I would <laughs> advise women you do not do that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be a bad thing. So, uh, so all right. So, so you go back to Nigeria at what age? Uh, at six. Because I just want to know some things. Because I have no idea. Mm -hmm. What Nigeria is like, and now, like now, we know we've got you come from two tribes, yes, and and Jesus, yes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's scarification involved, yes. There's a uh, royal burial burials happening. Yeah. So when you go back, how old are you? You're six. I'm six. 
and like you were going to prep school in England? What, what, uh, what, no, have- I was going to a very normal school in England, and then I went to a, a, a very posh schools in in uh, in Nigeria because of the royalty. Because yeah, you know my you my had- family had a certain stature, which is probably why we went back as well. Things were getting a little tough in in England. You know, I lived on a yellow street. Uh-huh. In the family compound and all that cool stuff, and um, what in Nigeria? In Nigeria, yeah. So what was wrong? What was going in on in Lagos. England? Um, to be honest, a lot of racism. You know, no. My dad had. <laughs> I know it's shocking. Oh my god! I know we haven't heard that word Lately. in decades. No, um, thought it was over here in America. Yeah. No, if only. Um, no, he had hot coffee spilt in his face and people just because he had Ni- he was nigerian because he was black you know and trying to get ahead for his family and and you know getting work was, but oxford's not like thing. a working class no we had moved to london oh. we had moved to south london after at, when, at the age of two or thereabouts yeah. and so we moved to nigeria but then lo and behold a a very corrupt military government came into power and then uh, it became untenable to live there as well. So we moved back to the UK when I was 13. See, that fascinates me. I talked to, uh, it fascinates me in the sense that how, you know, entitled and naive I am as an American, really. I can't speak for all Americans. Mm-hmm. That that people, like I talked to Raul Peck. Right. And uh, Great director. A great, and you know, a great mind and mm. a real a real fighter, a real activist guy. Mm. But like where he comes from, you know, in Haiti, you don't, you, you're born into activism. You, right. you don't, it's right. your life. Right. It's not sort of like, I'm going to now do this. Right. It's right, like, right. it's what you do. Yeah. 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 And the idea of, a, you know, a military dictatorship just happening. Right. You know, we're, we're dealing with, a, you know, a wannabe dictator and it's completely disruptive right. and it's terrifying us. Uh, uh, we were terrified by our fellow Americans right. who we never knew that there was a, as many of them as there are right. that are terrible in a specific way. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I do. It just awoken it. Yes. And it awoke us up to something different. But yeah, but there's a level of terror here mm. because of the government that I don't know, unless you were a very sort of uh, diligent and, and, and uh, uh, active you know, real lefty. Hmm. It hasn't been this terrifying in my life. Right. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, <clears throat> as a black person living in America, yeah. you always know and knew yes. those people were there. Yes. And what is kind of... The, the, the silver lining in all of this, for yeah. me personally, is that you go, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. Thank you. Thank you for having me, I think. Uh, <laughs> so so what do we do now? I know. This is the big question. Welcome to the big question, my friend. Um, no, you know what? It's, it's, it is an interesting thing because even coming from the UK to this country, you have certain preconceptions yeah. about what the country is and what the schisms are. And it's not until you're here. It's not until you're, you know, Raul is growing up in Haiti that you can speak to the specifics of being in that environment and living here you know even in a very trite way you know the things I faced within the entertainment industry by way of prejudice and marginalization it's very tough to to express them without just seeming like you're complaining or whatever, which is why it's been a, a very liberating thing for me to produce and, and to sort of take some power back and yeah. just to actually find things I want to do and not wait for anyone to... And make them happen. And make them happen, even though it's very, very difficult to get them off the ground. But um, 
But I'm happy you know. for you because, you know, acting, you, you, it does feel like you don't, you know, unless you're one of 10 people right. have traction or, 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 you know, control. Yes. And, you know, it's sort of a weird position to be in. It's hard. Like, no matter how good you are, I would imagine you're still just working for somebody. Well, that's the thing that, that, that shifts when you are producing. Yeah, exactly. And when, yeah. And, and, and that's not a nice feeling, especially when, inherent marginalization is a hemisphere that you are having to sort of uh engage with it's it's interesting because there like there are people that i i you know when you talk about we started this conversation with the you know what i'm assuming was a military dictatorship taking over yes yes and you know you had to i, I don't know how active the fleeing was but was right. it? Did you have time? I mean, did you? Oh, oh, yeah. We weren't. We weren't sort of packing a bag very quickly. Right. It's just that you know it was a military government that was so corrupt, and that corrupt um, attitude became infectious. So you couldn't. You know, you just have. You had police people just throwing up roadblocks uh, everywhere, and to get past it, you had to bribe them. And if oh. you had a certain degree of morality about you, you just felt, I can't go through my day perpetuating this um, corrupt atmosphere by paying into it. And so that was partly why my parents were like, you know what, we, we have got to get out of here. This is crazy. Um, you know, and that, to, to bring it back to Gringo, that's yeah. partly why I wanted to play him as a Nigerian immigrant. Because, you know, as I say, he wasn't written as such. But when Nash and I discussed it, how do you have a hapless, wide-eyed character who isn't just, you're, you're going to put him in glasses, you're going to make him fat, you're going to make him a, a bit nerdy of a nerd, guy. a yeah. nerdy guy. Right. You can actually make him a real person who really believes, and, and I watched my dad as an immigrant in the UK buy into something that every day kind of it, his faith in it was chipped away by the reality as opposed to his perception of what being in that country was going to mean for him. It's a big deal, that reality versus perception thing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. And so for Harold Shoyinka in Gringo, that's part of his awakening is the fact that he buys into corporate America, the American dream, the his fact friend. that his, his friend, yeah. you know, who is going to help him climb the corporate ladder, a friend as played by Joel Edgerton, who is very shady and doing very dodgy things. And then not till he gets to Mexico is his eye, are his eyes opened and he's suddenly being chased by the cartel, yeah. his bosses and an assassin. It's interesting that if that Edgerton guy's not careful, he's going to be a shady guy in every movie. He's good at it. <laughs> well, he's not a shady guy in Loving. Did you no, see he's him not. in that? He's great. He's one. But in uh, but in Black Mass, he was yeah. great, great shady guy. Great, great film and wonderful. Front-footed shady guy. Very front-footed. He's good at that. He's good at that. He's a wonderful actor. But let's talk about this because I want to come back around to this uh, institutional margin marginalization, especially yes. in show business, which is yeah. you, you, you know it, it, it's always it's been talked about for you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember Robert Townsend uh, did a yeah. film about it. Yeah, uh, uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. So that, you know, and, and it, yeah, obviously before that, but that was really addressing it mm. in a comedic way, the the limited possibilities of black actors in Hollywood. Right. So when, and you talk about your father, and that that is more systemic, you know, marginalization of just, this is the way it is. You're mm -hmm. only going to get so far. Mm -hmm. But like when you... When did you start noticing it in, like, how did you come up as an actor? 
You know, when when did you start? <clears throat> well, in the UK, uh, for instance, uh, partly why I live in the States yeah. now is that, you know, as you know, in the UK, we love a good period drama. Yeah. And if you are going to deny the fact that black people have been in the UK for hundreds of years, then you're not going to put them in those shows. And a lot of the great, you know, Ian McKellen, Patrick yeah. Stewart, who we've already talked about, a lot of those great actors, yeah. they started in the theater, migrated to period dramas, which we are known to do uh, well. And that's and how... TV. On TV, and yeah. then it goes to film, yeah. and that's kind of traditionally how British actors become uh, known. That's the industry. Yes, that's the pipeline. Yeah, that's the pipeline towards you know um, stardom. I guess yeah. you'd call it. And if as a black person that is not open to you, because they're uh, denying it. Yeah, they're denying that part of their history. They're exactly right. Yeah. You know, um, and and so. Then it, it, it just, the, the glass ceiling appears very early uh, for you. You know, after you've done a couple of theater things, maybe a couple of TV things, and then it, you know, it starts to, 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 to get thin. Where'd you train? Like, what was the process? I trained at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. That's Lambda. a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good one. And it, was this something your dad was excited about? No. Was. No. Why do you want to go and associate with all these promiscuous people? Oh, <laughs> you really? Know, that, that, that's, that's, that was his concern? That's all, yeah, the promiscuity. <laughs> uh, um, but, but also, you know, for, for yeah. a traditional Nigerian parent, the arts is just not, you know, it's, it's engineering, it's lawyer, it's being a lawyer, a doctor, you know, it's, it's academia. Sure. Um, but he's very proud now, I'm, I'm glad to say. Well, they're scared too. Yes. You know, they, you, you know, they know it's hard enough. Exactly. Uh, you know, as, as anybody, you know, right. but, you know, let alone, I would imagine, you know, as a Nigerian in England. You, know, yeah. you get into something that at least you can get a, a paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> something <laughs> stable, something some reliable. Kind. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but uh, that that was that's where his his nervousness stemmed from. But but as I say, you know, with time and thankfully, I I, I gained the kind of notoriety that right made him right yeah fame fame yeah. Will, he, he's willing to forego. Any you're married, you got four kids. He's assuming he he's, made it through the promiscuous guy. part. Yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean exactly. But so so you go to the the Royal Academy and then. What's the next step in, in the education? What did you learn there? Just tradition, like classics? It's a very theater-based training. Right, right. Um, so, you know, you, you learn how to, this is going to sound pretentious, but you learn how to use your body as an instrument. Right. You learn how to be able to be on stage and convey emotion and humanity and story and language to a 2,000-seat auditorium. There is a difference between classically trained actors yes and and a method trained actor i would i would agree with that okay. i would agree with that yeah the, the, that's that i guess is is the big difference between uh american uh sort of actor training yeah. and, and british is that you know uh, uh film being a, a i guess a younger storytelling tradition yeah. um, is what has been embraced by America and you could argue America gave to the world yeah. and so you know method acting um, and and uh, that methodology is prevalent whereas in the UK it, it is rooted in in the Greek tragedies and right. Shakespeare right. And, you know that's that's where you're coming from and so um, so yeah that was that was that was the nature of my training and then that led to uh, me being at the Royal Shakespeare Company for for three years does it naturally lead to that or you got to audition for that or you have to audition they, yeah they, they don't just sort of pluck you out of drama school <laughs> okay everyone from Lambda now come to the RSC that's not how, uh, no, that's not how no. they 
they refill it every four if years? Only. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, so I ended up there and I, and I had some amazing opportunities. I, I got to play Henry VI in uh, Henry VI parts one, two, and three. And that was a big deal for me. Um, uh, no black actor had ever played a, a an English king other than the RSC no, before. Only, only black actors do Othello that's what we have Othello the, was the yeah, black actor a, exactly exactly <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll throw them that that bone <laughs> that's, that's the big payoff uh, for the black but, actor. but yeah but no Henry the fifth or sixth or, or Richard the second and you did Richard it the third which I, is and I did it Richard the second which is the one with the limp or the hunchback. that's Richard the third yeah that's a rough one yeah that that'll that'll you'll need a chiropractor for that one I, I saw William Hurt sure. do it in Broadway and I didn't I don't know what happened I know I I was excited to see William Hurt, and then it was just like... At what point did you start... How many minutes in did you start switching off, thinking about your laundry list? 37. (laughs) 37 out of the 190. (laughs) You had barely made it out of the first act, Mark. Wow. But I was younger, and, you know, I don't... I was just... uh, Yeah, foolishness of youth. I just didn't know what to expect. Look, I try. I try. I love the trying. Well, you know, you hold on to the language for a while, but if you check out for a minute, you check back in, it's fucking over, dude. Yeah. There's a vigilance necessary to the attention given. Well, did you notice what we did with Othello? Sam did a genius thing, which is that the first scene was completely in the dark. Yeah, And what that does is it keys you into the language as opposed to going, oh, there's Daniel Craig and oh, look at the set. You know, you really, you lead with the language and so by the time the lights came on, people sort of were were less intimidated because they've almost had to to key in to as you would an audio book and then oh, boom yeah. there yeah. you have the image yeah it was great yeah. I remember Sam Gold is uh, is Baker's uh, friend uh, Annie Baker oh, is that her name I Annie, don't know the playwright he did the flick didn't he yes that's exactly right right that's exactly right and that guy yeah, w- yeah the actor from the flick I think was yes in... he was Matt Mayer yeah. he's good yeah 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 he played Rodrigo that's he's right fantastic but uh, alright so getting back to it so you you do the you play the king for the first time you're the first yes. black man to play these Richards yes and how'd that the go over the Henrys yes uh, really well thankfully um, oh they were ready they're like it's okay they it's weren't okay. ready but thankfully the productions <laughs> was, were, were good enough that people went oh actually we just liked the story and it's not you know I wasn't again as as is the case with gringo i wasn't i look when i left drama school i literally every agent i approached with a with a view of of taking me on i said i want to go up for the roles white actors are going up for yeah and some of them would laugh at me and say why i said because so often the roles written for for black characters are less dimensional and are on the periphery and that's not what I'm really interested in that's not what inspires me when I watch a film or read a play I ideally want to be at the center of the story or at least have a degree of complexity that is going to make that's me interesting work. right so so that's that outsider's point of view idea yeah whereas you know everything is going to be limited to to their perception absolutely so and then like and that speaks to the marginalization a bit that if you're not working with uh with black writers or black directors or, right. or you know to a degree where at least the the common experience can be seen in each character right then it's it's going to be flat it's going to be shallow even even beyond common experience just attention to it because mm. so often it's not 
actually racism. It's just right. we it, project our own existence into the work we do. So as a writer, as a producer, as a director, right. you are going to do gravitate towards work that reflects your own world. And, you know, this was borne out when I first sat down with Nash, our director on Gringo, and he said... Wow, I've been scouting locations in Chicago, which is where my character lives in the film. And about half the population seems to me is black. And I've not once thought of this character as being a black man. Uh And he said, and I know that's fundamentally to do with the fact that I'm a white man. And and it's not until you've come in and helped me see a world in which it could be someone like you have I even contemplated it. Yeah, that's interesting because... You know, your character is, has m- the most depth in the movie. Right. <laughs> right. And that's it. But that's not, you're saying right, but that's, that's not on purpose. You know, it's just that because of the work that he, you made him more attentive. You had ideas about this character and he had a sort of personal history that, that is reading uh, as, as a character, but not written into it. Yes. Whereas when, he, no matter how good Charlize Theron is a, as an actress, I've kind of seen that character before. But you know, the thing though, Mark, is that the character, even before I came along, yeah. he is the protagonist. And so that is where you want the most amount of depth and right. nuance no, I get okay. and dimension. Sure. And so, But the really great thing for me is that I can come and play a character that you have very seldom seen on film. When last did you see a Nigerian immigrant as the driving character in an action comedy? No, I haven't. I've never seen it. It's never happened. No, I is, would know. Yeah, <laughs> you did your research. You know, I yeah. I heard you that know. there was a, a Nigerian uh, man played the Henrys in Shakespeare. Oh, that, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't very good. Yeah, but he's like breaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's done wonders for him, but you know, I think I could have done that. No, that's better. true. That I think that's true. That there were nuances to the 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 Gringo character that that exist in you outside of the yes. character yes. that you were able to bring to it. And yeah, I've never seen it before well this is the thing when we when we just broaden the palette a bit you know it's the same thing with female directors men are phenomenal and i've worked with a lot of great male directors but women do bring something a bit different and it's not that it's better or worse it's just that it's seldom seen and so when it's done well when you give them uh, all the toys and allow them to go with their creativity it's fresh you know wonder woman is fresh in the world of superheroes because you suddenly have a female perspective and you're going whoa because we've so often seen a different perspective it was the same thing with Selma you know every guy Oh, every director, I should say, who contemplated it before Ava came along was a man. And it, and it took a very specific, more political, more cerebral uh, uh, point of view. When she came on, it be- the women characters became so much more nuanced. The emotion of what I got to do as Dr. King was so much more layered. And again, it's not to say that any of the guys' versions wasn't going to be potent and exciting and visceral. But it was just slightly different having a woman doing it. And we just need more different kinds of people telling stories yeah, so we see all the layers. The sensitivity is different. Yes. And also what I was thinking when you were talking about the other thing in terms of like as people get older with, you know, with writers, yeah. uh, no matter who they are, right. and people in show business and directors, like, it, you know, the more you get set in your ways of life, the smaller your world becomes. So, 100%. you know, what your experience is when you come to it, you know, if, you, if you're a white writer writing for a black role, who a guy who, who just sits and writes 
in Pacific Palisades right. for the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, what is his point of reference even going to be yeah. to make up a black guy? It's going to be a regurgitation of what he's watching on TV. Right. That's what it's going to be, or perceptions of what Or that something is. he wrote 20 years ago. Right. Well, it would actually probably be better if it was something he wrote 20 years ago, because he was probably more connected to the world That's before right. he became rich and right. lived in the Pacific Palisades and had less contact with humanity. That happens with actors all the time. Sometimes their, their ability to express humanity yeah. diminishes with age because they are less connected to humanity. You've got to really yeah. guard that. You've got to take time off and go and just live and yeah. be with people if you're just going from movie set to movie set being pampered surrounded by yes people your potency as an actor in my opinion will diminish no i i that, it would seem to make sense but but it would also seem that with the specific type of classical training you have mm. it shouldn't make as much a difference I think there's something to be said for that because you know what? If you have given 500 performances of Henry VI where every night you have people's eyeballs on you and you can tell when they believe you and you can really tell when they don't, yeah. you have a muscle memory as to how to tell the truth as an actor right. that being on a set sometimes doesn't afford you because right. it's such an artificial environment. So yeah. when you have that in your body, that's why our favorite actors are often those who have done great work in theater. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing I, I'm starting to realize as I talk to you, and, and I don't—I think I always knew it, but I, I don't think I knew it in the same way, is that, it, you know, the the other voices thing in terms of even on international, and you know, I'm not just talking, you know, black uh, women, but from all different cultures around the world, that these stories from other places that are told from people that live in other places, mm. you know, is is essential to keeping the humanity of things you know, visceral and, and, and fresh and, and challenging. Absolutely. Because like you just fall into a, a, a hellscape of your phone. Oh my goodness. It's such <laughs> you know? a problem. It, it really, really is. I mean, look, those phones and social media have actually done some great things in that we, you know, not everyone can travel, but you can with this phone. You can be in the Serengeti. You can I see guess. what's... It's not the same thing as yeah. experiencing no, it. No, I know, yeah. But at least yeah. there's a way yeah. on your phone you can realize that people in Nigeria don't all live in huts and are surrounded by lions, which right. I have heard so many times said to me here in America as a perception of what my life in Nigeria must have so been. So they think of Lion King. They think of, they think of, if only, if <laughs> it's, you know, it's, 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 it's Lion King mixed in with genocide, mixed in with, you know, all sorts of hideous things. Yeah. And, but that's pervasive. I mean, we, we really need, education is so crucial. I mean, I talked to a bunch of young kids yeah. and you'd say, who do you think, who, who is Dr. King? And they say, oh, he, he freed the slaves. Come on. I mean, literally, you would hit, you would hit kids say maybe mentally, <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, uh, partly, but they they meant literally, yeah, uh, yeah, which is a problem. So you know, but that's why when I go uh, going back to as a producer, you know, I did this for my United Kingdom set in Botswana and the UK, and I really wanted um, a director of, of color, preferably someone who had an experience of the African continent. Yeah. So Ama Asante, who's Ghanaian, who's also born in the UK, was a perfect person to tell that story. Yeah. Traditionally, it would be a white dude from Los Feliz yeah. who, 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 would, who would get to direct that film. <laughs> Who'd get there and be like, oh, God, it's so hot here. It's and like, you know what? Yeah. Every character in the film would be going, oh, God, it's so hot. And they would all be white. 
white dudes while all the black people are going we live here and yeah. it's just fine yeah. and they'd be on the side because he wouldn't understand them and right. that's fine yeah. you know there are there are stories I shouldn't tell and it's not to say that yeah. you know the white dude from Los Feliz shouldn't tell that story but it's been that way for so long that we just don't have a different perspective and you know that's something that is, is happening a bit more but it, it, we have to be vigilant and not have it be a, a, a just a moment but well, a, a movement that continues exactly and I, but like the beginning of that for you was interesting to me that in how you talk about the british industry is that you knew this going in in a very specific way that right. that the, the the business was dug in the representation of black people was dug in the history of of the theater and of england in general was dug in and they have i imagine their documentaries on television and some tv and film projects that do talk about the marginalization and tell those stories right. but it's certainly not enough to make a living no, and and it's and there are not enough people to fight the cause because all the people who have the the decision making power are all of a certain demographic. Until un, until that truly changes, will it actually completely change? Now, do you see that struggle in Britain as being you know unwinnable? No, I don't okay. see it as unwinnable, and I think we're actually winning. I'm, yeah. I'm about to do a mini series of Les Miserables, uh, playing Javert in in that show, and it's for the BBC. And yeah. it's a six part part uh, drama, and it's exactly the kind of role I would have loved to have seen as yeah. a young kid growing right, up. Right. That would have opened my eyes to different possibilities, but they they didn't exist. Right. I've I've had to come and forge a degree of success here in order to be able to go back and and uh, be part of those opportunities that I hope will be part of the chain. And also help facilitate forward. them. Like you exactly. have a voice in let's make this happen. Exactly, exactly. And I've been fairly vocal about it and I, and I have no doubt that that's partly why an opportunity like this comes along. And, and I get to produce that. I'm one of the producers on it. Um, and that, that also is, is a very significant shift. That's yeah. the kind of thing that definitely wouldn't have happened when I was younger, uh, looking for, for heroes and circumstances that would inspire by me yeah and it's so but you know when you talk about hollywood here like there it does feel like there is a persistence to the the movement both with women and people of color that yeah. like that it's sort of like you know it's it, we're, we're not going to stop now well you know what it's important also we're seeing such systemic change with yeah. the me too movement right. going on right now and and i do think that this is a moment beyond which hollywood will never be the same yeah. again yeah um you know i i may have been reticent to say that a few months ago but i really feel like it's with us now this 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 change as it becomes to the marginalization of women and the and the mistreatment of women in hollywood and and everywhere in, in, everywhere yeah um, you know, it's just kind of ironic and, and probably fitting that it started within Hollywood um, and has become pervasive. And I, I, don't, I don't mean it started in Hollywood. I mean that this, this sort of lightning rod. Yeah, the that consciousness. Sort of, yeah, that's centered around the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And it is an industry that has the ability because it, it, it curates culture. It yeah. forms, unfortunately, more, more sure. so than it should, sure. the way we think, you know, because we don't read as much anywhere more. We, it's, we just it's, watch. Well it's, well, it's very funny from the beginning, Hollywood's been like that, that there was these, you know, three or four sort of like European immigrant Jewish people, right. men, right. Who, who, who couldn't pass right. and did not fit in and were not welcome. So they're like, we'll invent a world. Right. 
right. that, that will make America look like this, right. this place where everybody a, a can live. A place where we can exist yeah, exactly. and thrive and yeah. be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was built, the, 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 the seeds of it were from marginalization. Yes. And that's the thing. You know, every, this is what we do. We, we form a power base on the basis of being marginalized elsewhere. And then we do the very thing that was done to us before we, we, we formed a power base. It takes some time. It, yeah, it, it takes some time. To, and, to, uh, to, and, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a revolving kind of human, human condition. But like I say, you know, I, I actually, if you'd asked me this time last year yeah. about do I think good change is coming, I would perpetually say, yeah, I've seen this before. I've seen moments where it seems that way and then we regress. I actually think, you know, as it pertains to female Big directors. Big regression. As it, uh, <laughs> we no. call it the, politically, we're in, a, we're in a massive regression. But I think that's partly why there is progression elsewhere absolutely are you, you know, kidding people yeah. are furious yeah they're like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me isn't it crazy that it takes that though it takes for that people for that take it into their own hands yeah. and organize and, and create yeah. communities as opposed to like i yeah. don't know isn't someone else doing something about that exactly do exactly. i have to get involved where do i do, can i just write a check you know what? It's 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 ironic, yeah. and and we we're, we're laughing because we otherwise we would cry. Yeah, but it's true. It no, of course it's true, and I yeah. I don't I think that that part of of that if the system that we live in here, yeah. you know, is able to survive this, that's how it survives, right? And that's always been how it survives. Whereas yeah. in in other countries that do not have, uh, you know, as uh, sort of what do I want? Uh, aspirational, a yes. political system. Yes, that it's impossible. Yes. that tyranny uh, will always succeed. Yes, yes, and you know what? And that is the amazing thing about this country. I do, I do think that that it was built on dreams. Mm -hmm. It was built on having a people who could dare to dream, and that was the thing that I just. It was a thing that wasn't in the script of Gringo that we were able right. to put in there. This aspiration, this. This wide-eyed aspiration of what the American dream could mean for my character as a Nigerian immigrant and how that bites him in the butt yeah. so furiously right. on the basis of the degrees of his trust. I, I like the, the way that you talk about, you know, with this character primarily that, you know, it, it's, it's starting to sound like Gringo might be the best movie <laughs> about... <laughs> America, <laughs> the struggle of immigrants and race to ever be made. <laughs> We're going to quote you on that. That's no, no, going to no. be on buses. <laughs> I, I, I'm just extrapolating from these moments of excitement in the context of the bigger conversation. When you come back to this, it's it's not a it's it's a it's a, 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 a an action comedy movie. Right. But when we're talking about it in the context of what we're talking about, it's like yeah. this sounds like a very important film. It is. Everything <laughs> I do is important, Mark. Did you not know this? Have you not seen my work? No, I, I, believe me, believe me. I was nervous going into this. <laughs> no, but I do. You know, to a to a certain degree, I do think it's it's pretty radical. I think personally, others may scoff at me to have a character the likes of which you haven't seen under these circumstances. Because it's one thing for me to get to play roles that Ryan Gosling couldn't, right. but it's another thing 
to get to play roles that not only Ryan Gosling could, but has, but for me to then be able to bring my history, right. I, my culture, I get that. my experiences, and the freshness that that then brings with a cast like Charlize and yeah. Joel and Amanda, right. and to see what that does, because that actually is the world we live in. No, I think, and I think that's true, and it sounds it sounds like it should be simple right. in, in a way. Right. That, you know, why wouldn't we just honor... You know the way things really are, as right. opposed to fabricating. Right. You know, like, and I, I think that, I, I just don't think that people, you know, certainly the entrenched uh, industry is not used to it. Right. But, but like, for to do what you're doing, which is to think through this character who is part of the fabric of this country. Right. You know, uh, you know, and, and common, common. Yeah. Yes. yes. And just integrate that. Yes. Something that like everybody deals with every day, no matter where they're from, really. Even if they hate black people, right. they're dealing with immigrants. They're dealing. They're 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 not writing the script, hopefully. Right. But <laughs> but it, it is part of the fabric of our country, and 100%. it's not represented. A hundred percent. That's why I'm I'm just so excited about it. Because, yeah. Because you know it's it's the kind of thing. It's a breakthrough just, for you, and and, and 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 when you put it into the larger context, it's a breakthrough. It is. Yeah. It is. And you only and you know when our trailer came out, you only had to look at the reaction from immigrant communities mm -hmm. to it because they recognize themselves in a way that you know everyone else is like wow okay that looks funny but you know people particularly africans yeah you know who live in it like, whoa that's my jam we yeah. are going to see that you know because i truly believe we all go to the movies to see ourselves yeah I think so. I, I think that's why we do almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. children. Yes. Find people that like us and you're, stay with them. You're so right. <laughs> you are so... I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, wow. We're the, just all narcissists. Real, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, altruism. Because <laughs> you, you know you're a narcissist if you never shut up about your altruism. Do you know what true. I did to help these people? Right. <laughs> Oh man! Now I'm backtracking over everything no, I just I said. You, know, you don't strike me as the as the, the narcissistic type. I'd, I'd like to think. But so, is this going to be? A, are you departing more from uh, carrying the burden of uh, history? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, because the Butler Selma. Uh, yes. I, I didn't see Nightingale, but that seemed like it was a that was a beginning of the shift, right? Yes, yes, you're right. That that was not written as 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 race specific, and so that was yeah. I, I loved doing that film. That was uh, that was quite the challenge. Yeah, you played well. It's interesting. The black nerd is not represented enough in in no, film and television. No, I, and boy, do they exist. Yeah, uh, I know. I've met a couple. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to give them a platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what what uh what did when you were in britain i just wanted to ask you like before you moved here mm. and when you were involved did you like how much theater did you do i mean outside of shakespeare was there is there something i know because it is a theater city mm -hmm. but was there did you spend a lot of time doing like off-broadway type of productions oh yeah oh yeah like did you do all the plays that everybody does like maybe not the ones that everyone were you does. doing pinter were you doing i i, yeah, did, I did pinter that was actually at drama school but uh -huh. i did productions of things like the god botherers and bouncers uh -huh. and you, you know i did smaller plays in pub venues 
venues. Right. Um, I did a, a, I actually did a Greek tragedy called The Suppliants in a pub venue, and that's actually where the RSC came to see me, and I and I and I got got snapped up by a them. pub venue. Yeah. What is that exactly? Um, um, uh, like, like a, a black bar, box? like a bar, a oh. bar that sort of has a theater. Oh, really? Um, attached to it, kind of thing. That's it's it's quite a, a popular thing in London in particular. And uh, but you know the tradition in the UK is one whereby you, you and it's less so now because you know UK has become basically the fifty first state in, in in many ways. But when I was coming up as an actor, yeah, you were you you went to drama school and then you wanted to be in repertory companies where you got right. to stand in the wings and watch actors like Ian McKellen and yeah. Judy Dench giving these great performances, and that was part of your training. You wanted it to be an extension of the three years you've just spent at drama school, yeah. And it, you know, it was it's treated more as an apprenticeship that then leads into bigger and better opportunities. But you really actually don't want the big opportunities early because the way we all thought about it is you don't want to get found out. You right. want to kind of learn your craft right. so that by the time you have um, more eyeballs on you, you can really, you really know it. what you're 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 doing. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I I I sought out those opportunities so that I could learn. I did Anthony and Cleopatra with Alan Bates and Francis Delator. Wow. And 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 got to watch them every night. I did a production of of Volpone where Malcolm Story played Volpone, and it was extraordinary. You know, I, I was I was there at times where you had the Judy Denches, and they would come back and do plays at the right, RSC, right. and you would literally because. Because at the uh, in, in Stratford upon Avon, the the theatres, uh, the main stage and the and and a smaller uh, space called the Swan share a corridor, so you could literally, when you had downtime from yeah. your production, which you had a lot of when you were a spare carrier, like I was in my early uh, years at the RSC, and you could just you know nip to the other stage stand in the wings and watch amazing <laughs> legendary performances yeah, yeah. just watch five minutes of it and then you're back on stage right. get a little juice a little hit. Just, yeah yeah you, and you just you, that stays with you for the whole of your acting life i bet man yeah. it is interesting when you're sort of in the wings and you can see sort of the the, the machinations oh my of goodness. great actors and you kind of get that you can kind of really glean something from it and you see the nerves yeah you see the nerves you see great actors i had one actor who will remain nameless yeah. and the way he he manifested nerves was he would just fart continuously <laughs> and i had to be behind him just uh, as we were about to go on stage and it was farting and burping constantly wow and he and just so nervous and the the minute he hit the stage yeah gone yeah and he blamed it on you yeah that spare carrier <laughs> um but but yeah but there's something to be said for realizing that they're not superhuman it's just about the work oh yeah you know Oh yeah, well I, I know I, you you realize that more and more as you, you get along in this business. You're like, yeah. oh, not only are they human, they're just painfully human. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know exactly yeah. right. Well, uh, you're doing. Oh, what is the officer of the Order of the British Empire? Is that, is that like the one step shy of a knight? It is, and it you is. got you're one of those. I'm one of those. I'm I'm an OBE uh, for services to drama, mm. and uh, yeah, that was a real pinch me moment. I had to go to Buckingham Palace to get the honor, and. Um, yeah, don't ask me what it actually means. Yeah. It's just a kind of an acknowledgement that I, I guess I'm doing something right. Baby steps. I'm starting with my OBE. 
But there were people who who had a problem with me being an OBE. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know Nigeria was colonized by Great Britain, and and Great Britain did some real damage to the African continent. We're yeah. still dealing with the fallout from colonialism. Yeah, and so you know there there were those who said, should you be accepting? Um, an order of the British Empire, empire being the the controversial yeah. word. And the way I see it is that, you know, my country of origin, Nigeria, paid in blood and gold and cocoa and oil for what Great Britain is today. So heck to the yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna reap the rewards. You owe of, it to me. You, and I would like some uh, some all, all those products I just mentioned, I would like for a lifetime. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to peel some of the gold leaf off of, oh of Buckingham Palace while I was there. No, um it's 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 all good. Um and uh, you know I'm I'm just trying to do my bit to remind people of the fact that you know Great Britain would be not Nothing without the rape and pillage of Africa. Yeah, all yeah, most of Africa, India, yes, a few other places. Yes, everyone exactly. had a piece of Africa. There was quite a few colonized, right? The Dutch, oh my goodness. the French, the Belgians. The Bel- oh, the wow, Belgians. you want to read Belgians. the Congo story? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's bad. When did when was the last time you went back there? I was in Nigeria last about. Two two years ago. Yeah? Yeah. Do you yeah, still have yeah. family there? I do. A lot of family. Is there. it great? It is great. Oh, good. It's so, so nice. Yeah. Well, just, okay, so what what do we need to do? Uh, you keep, you know, getting the interesting roles. You should go visit your brother uh, yes. in Australia. Yes. I um, should. I will. I will. <laughs> and and uh, good luck on your, your sort of journey to knighthood. <laughs> Thank you. And don't give up on Shakespeare, Mark. I'm not. I'm not. Good talking to you. You too. That was fun. I like that guy. Uh, Gringo opens in theaters tomorrow, March 9th. Uh, go to the tour page at WTFPod.com to get venue and ticket information for my A Few Parts of the World tour, uh, which kicks off in London on April 16th. And uh, what else? What else? I feel a little nauseous. I'm going to... Uh, am I playing? I'll play. I'll play.